This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our 9 to 5. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we bring to you another story, a story of an amazing Christ follower who is really working out his faith each and every day in the workplace. But before we get to our guest, just want to invite you to go out to IWorkForHim.com and check us out. IWorkForHim.com. That's IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. Out there you'll find links to all of our latest podcasts, links to our events, links to the the people that support the show, ways for you to listen to us online, ways for you to listen to us on a podcast, and how to find the radio stations that play us live on the air each and every day. And also our listener line. Please call the listener line, 866-713-9675, work We want to hear from you. Give us some perspective. Share some thoughts with us. Share your story. Share how Christ is making a difference in your life and how the show is impacting you. And maybe if you've got somebody you think we should be interviewing, we would love to hear from you who that person is. 866-713-9675. So you've heard us many times on the air talk about the organization called Transformational Leadership and the TL events. And you've heard many people that I've interviewed about the impact of them going to TL. Well, today in Cincinnati again, talking with another graduate many-time graduate of Transformational Leadership. And I'm not sure you really ever graduate from Transformational Leadership, but you continue to learn these principles, these truths that impact every part of you. Today, we're talking with Tom Green. And I'll let you tell, I'll let him tell you his story. Tom Green, welcome to I Work For Him. Good afternoon, Jim. Thank you. So excited to have you share some of your story and how God's working. Why don't you start off telling us, I ask this of every guest, every guest, hey, how did you first come to be a follower of Jesus? I was fortunate enough to be to be raised in the church and had parents that loved God and passed that on. So it's been a lifelong journey. So talk to me then how that faith impacted your marketplace journey. So when you do you go to college? I did. Do you go to college here in Ohio? Are you an Ohio Ohio guy? I am from Ohio. Yes. All right. Uh, so would you go, where'd you go to college around here? I did not go around here. I went to uh, Boston, Boston University. You couldn't wait to get out of Ohio and go to Boston. <laughs> it wasn't cold enough here. You wanted to go to Boston to college. All right, so what did you study in, in at Boston University? 
Uh, well, I was I was an English major undergrad with uh, uh, a few other things thrown in, but that was my major, and I wound up getting a master's in teaching uh, in a fifth year there. And how does that translate to your movement into the marketplace? Because that's not what you're teaching. You're not doing that stuff in the marketplace. Well, uh, I was always interested in teaching and, okay. and in education, and uh, I wound up uh, almost immediately going right into our family business, which okay. sold the schools. Oh, interesting. So, God so was I knew the that. marketplace from that side, and and certainly the skills that you learn in uh, a, a program uh, to learn to teach uh, uh, translate to lots of things in terms of, of being able to present to people and communicate and help them understand what, what they might need to understand. And understanding the academic world is extraordinarily important if you're going to sell into the academic world. It is. It is a little bit different than the typical marketplace focus. So how did your faith impact being involved in the family business and running, eventually running that family business? Well, I've always felt, I've always felt a call from God to, to serve and to help. And uh, primarily, that's what I saw my my career as. So I, I, I had that 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 sort of lens on it from the very beginning. Uh, but how did that play out, though? What, I mean, coming in the family business, you know, at, at first, obviously, you didn't start at the top. Probably, dad or mom was running the business at at first when you got in there, right? My father was. Your yeah. father was. So how did was your father a Christ follower? Yes, absolutely. So how did the people that worked there? Did you guys have a lot of employees in the organization? Uh, we, t- we, we had between 30 and 40 at the time, but you had, a, did you have a lot of vendors and customers oh, sure. as well? Absolutely. So how did that faith, how did your faith in Christ come out in your interplay with your employees before transformational leadership with your employees, with your customers, with your vendors? Well, it was a long journey. I had lots of preconceived notions about what leadership is, and and most of them needed to be worked through and developed. And uh, <laughs> um, many of those concepts purged in order to really become a, a good leader. So it took a long time, um, and I I had certain things that were intuitive to my personality, but it took a long time for me to understand how to flex those within the workplace. Uh, I'm I'm not a loud person. I'm not a I'm not big and rah rah. Um, and, and I believe we should care for one another and work together well. And I, it took me a long time to understand how to develop those tools, uh, or the tools that would help me use those things to really be a a good leader. So what did you said? So you sold to or, uh, educational organizations. At what point in time did your job intersect with transformational leadership? Uh, not until three years ago. So it's just in, how did that happen? Uh, I, I, I was part of a, a president's organization, um, and uh, through that, there there were some people who did a lot of Christian fellowship, and I I got to know them. And one of them knew Ford and this program relatively well, and said, "Hey, Tom, you really should do this. Uh, I believe in it strongly, and get yourself there." And he's one of those people who I respect a lot, and who I thought, you know what, I I I know I'm looking for something like this, and. Uh, I, I know his his judgment on things, so I I want to go do that. And uh, Peter could not have been more right. <laughs> and so when when you talk to people like that, and they they give you that kind of advice in your life, and they say, "Hey, 
this is something you should do. Okay, so you went and did it. But every one of us, when we go to one of those conferences, we think we've got an idea. Okay, this is what our expectations are. I'm going to go to transformational leadership. This is kind of what I'm expecting to get out. What was the difference between what you expected to get out of transformational leadership and what actually happened? Oh, it's so much deeper and and so much more thorough of a system that put uh, put so many pieces uh, in place. It puts the total picture in place, uh, and it's and because it's about personal leadership and how I personally behave, connected to how I deal with others and connected with then how I uh, am able to influence others. Uh, it, it ties all that together uh, and and allows me to be thoroughly my own personality using the gifts that I've been given by God. Uh, and I get to use those fully within this system. It's And it was striking to me how... how uh, how appropriate lots of the tools felt. I was going to say comfortable, but some of the tools are pretty uncomfortable <laughs> yeah, when you say, first get them. Yeah, I would say uh, that for sure. And and so I'm, and I would say I'm I'm still very much in the learning stages of implementing it and and understanding how to really use it. Well, I've interviewed a lot of people, and, the, and they're like, "Yeah, well, I've gone ten times. I've gone twenty times. I've, I mean, it's just that it's it's not it's not something you. It's like reading the Bible. You can read the Bible. I've read the Bible thirty times. Every time I read through it, I go like, "Really? That's been in there the whole time." It, it, you just you just you just keep looking. Well, I mean, you read yes. the Bible, you see the same thing. You can Absolutely. read the same thing. You're like, really? I had no idea that was in there. That's just terrible. Okay, so talking about the impact on you personally, going through transformational leadership. How did it? Before we talk about how it impacted your workplace, how did it impact you, Tom Green? Um, it makes me want to be more genuine and work really hard to be one hundred percent authentic and vulnerable and open to others in order to first be my best self um, and be sharpened or purified exactly how God wants me to be. And the people around us will help us do that, but we uh, there's no way to, to let them help us if we're not willing to be open. And that takes some real work some of those uncomfortable tools. Well, and, and for an introvert, a, a guy that's quiet, you go into a room of how many people when you are, it's like there's 100 people in the room here taking transformational leadership today in Cincinnati. How, how hard was that for you to walk into a room full of people you didn't know because Ford tries to get everybody on the same playing field before he gets started? I mean, was that hard for you to do, to walk into the room to, to do this? It takes energy for sure. <laughs> uh, so I... I I certainly knew going in that that it was worth investing that energy. Right. So um, I invest that energy, and and it really worked. But yes, it's uh, I had to come in with the mindset, and I'm going to invest this energy and make this happen. That's not regardless easy. of how difficult it was going to be. Correct. Right. Tom Green is a transformational leadership attender. He's been multiple times, and he'll tell you about his experience. Tom Green. Talk, you, you talked a little bit about the impact on you personally. What are some of the comments that people made? Do you have siblings? you got brothers and sisters? Uh, yes, I'm one of eight children. One of eight, so you have lots of them. Did they go to transformational leadership with you the first time? No. Have any of them gone since yet? Uh, I, I have a sister who has recently gone. Okay, so when you took the transformational leadership uh, 
training the first time and you brought it back into your family, into the family business, what are some of the comments that people made to you? What are some of the comments your siblings made to you about the impact that it had on your life? Because obviously you can't walk out of transformational leadership without it impacting you. It it has. Um, what I would say is it, it came at a place in my journey when I was I was already practicing some of the things uh, interpersonally within within the company. Uh, so I don't think people saw something immediately in terms of in terms of oh Tom's behaving a lot different. Um, but I would say that it made me very specific. Um, about some of the tools I used, and people commented about those over time, having noticed, uh, and and I noticed how they reacted to me some differently. Hmm. What about dad, mom, and dad? Did, did they make did they comment on the impact of, on Tom Green of going through transformational leadership? Um, they did not specifically comment. Um, I would say in. At the time, I, I was my, my father was retired. Okay, so I, I was not seeing him every day. Got it. Uh, he was not part of that. So talk then about the impact on your organization. Now, this is recently an organization that you've just recently sold, but how did going through transformational leadership? How did that impact your company? Well, it it impacted us. Um, it helped me look at what I really wanted and what I thought uh, was best for the company and best for the people in it. And really, it was a strong informer of my decision and my willingness to move on doing something different with the company. We had known for a while that we were in a space that was uh, that was difficult and was changing a lot, as many businesses face. Right. And, and we were looking at, okay, how do we, how do we pivot this business someplace and we were struggling to figure that out we had been working on that for a while and so it made me double down personally on saying we absolutely have to make sure this changes we absolutely have to work on transforming the business and so in doing that that's where ultimately it led to the sale Um, but it was it was about making sure i moved on that because otherwise, the ramifications would have been uh, difficult. I like the way you said it, difficult. They could have been <laughs> catastrophic, right? Uh, yes. So when can you give me some specifics of how you implemented the things you learned at Transformational Leadership in the leadership of your company? Well, I, th- I think the, the best example would actually be just in how I dealt with the sale itself and uh, how I dealt with the folks who were potentially going to buy it and then those who actually did buy it. Right. And and the way I was um, able to, to create a sense of relationship with them and cut through a lot of things that would normally be uh, more confrontational or more distant in terms of how you deal with a sale and being analyzed and we're the ones being analyzed but we're pitching it to other people and and how does that work and 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 there's a lot of certainly angst on both sides about that and sure. the ability to uh, cut through a lot of that and craft some real relationship and trust uh, back and forth uh, in order to make this happen 
uh, was key. And I saw that play out in the, in the process uh, very clearly. Did you ever, in the process of selling your business, and you've got multiple businesses, but in selling this one specifically, did you ever have to execute a six-part apology, six-step apology? Um, I probably should have, but uh, I can't think of a time that I actually did. I mentioned this off the air. Tom's got this ability to actually think before he speaks. People that think before they speak don't don't have to apologize near as often <laughs> as people who are like me. <clears throat> You are at a spot in your life now where you've sold your business. You're almost through with your transition plan. You've got a couple of other businesses, and you're really seeking God. Like, what's next? Talk to us about that situation you're in right now. Well, I would back it up and say I've I've prayed for a long time, but I I got much uh, more specific and and created a, a better a, a better method, for lack of a better word, though it's in terms of prayer in that in this process around the time I was uh, took TL was also working on this in terms of okay God what do you want and but being more intentional about that and being intentional about having some people that are close to me both on the business side who can advise me business wise who are also God focused and friends people close to me um, who can do the same thing so that I'm praying myself, listening to God, started journaling again, which I hadn't been doing uh, for a long time, and processing it that way, but then having people who uh, can also speak to me, and they can help me understand what God's calling me to. And so when I put those things together, uh, that sort of threesome of things, that's how I was making the decision to potentially sell and then to sell and then what to do. Um, and then of course with certain specifics within that. So I've got that going on and I certainly felt God at times very active in that process and, uh, selling a, a third generation family business had a lot of questions in my mind, a lot of angst uh, about, should I do this? How would this work? All these people are going to be impacted, starting with my father, my family, uh, who uh, have been connected to this, but then obviously all the employees and then e even customers and, and suppliers and other people we have these relationships with. And and I was able to keep praying about that, hear about that, and so much of it went so much smoother than I ever could have planned. It was a, a gifted process. Which is truly a sign that God is involved in it. Absolutely. Because most business deals don't go down like that. So you're in this spot now where that's almost all behind you. Correct. I've, so I had a main family business um, that was that was sort of the centerpiece of all this. But related to it, we have some, some property that is... Um, got enough size to it that it can be developed in an urban area which is which is certainly hot right now um, so we've been working with a developer on that and then we've got a couple pieces of the business that are still operating uh, and are there together and um, and my sense of what I need to do with those and being called to deal with them and uh, Frankly, I, I, I really like the one piece of business that's there, um, the little company that is there. Um, I, I have a great interest in it and really love 
who they serve and what they're doing. And it's been a very difficult process to say, wait a minute, I think God's saying, let go of that. Release that. Let it go. Just don't sing the song. How valuable has the TL training, the transformational leadership training, which people can find out more about online at transformlead.com, how valuable has that training been as you've gone through these very difficult transactions? These how, how valuable has that been for you? I think it's been exceptionally valuable in that it, it helps me, uh, again, develop, it's, develop relationships with people that supersede exactly what we're dealing with. And if I if I deal with people in a certain way, have a certain relationship, and, and we trust each other, then we can uh, take care of certain things much better. Who do you think should go to transformational leadership? Uh, virtually everyone. Uh, we're all we're all called to lead and influence and uh, we're also all called to serve. We have these different roles and you can do both better when you understand leadership well. Did you have your entire staff go through it before you sold the business? Did you ever have to get anybody else involved? I did not. And it's one of those things that I had, had we not gone the sale route, had something else arisen, I definitely would have. And it's one of those things that I know whatever is next for me in terms of leadership, uh, TL will be a major part of that. I can't wait to hear the rest of the story, what God reveals to you next. But Tom Green, thanks so much for sharing your story today on I Work For Him and the impact of transformational leadership on your life. But when you know the rest of that story, we want to bring you back on I Work For Him to hear this part two, like what, what it is, the second phase of your life. You willing to do that? Absolutely. All right, that'll be fun. Make sure you check out Transformational Leadership online at transformlead.com. That's transformlead.com. If you've got an organization or a business, actually any type of organization, whether it's a church, a business, heck, even a neighborhood association, everybody should go through Transformational Leadership. Check it out online, transformlead.com. We're still in Cincinnati talking to people who are being amazingly impacted by the information, the the stuff that comes out of Ford Taylor's mouth is amazing. Transformational leadership, the secret sauce behind it, as this is being broadcast to a Christian audience, is that it's all based on biblical truth. Yet transformational leadership doesn't promote that it's biblical truth, and it gets out there and is involved in organizations across the country. You would be so encouraged to know the places they've been, the boardrooms, the offices, the organizations they're impacting is incredible. And it's because biblical truth is powerful. We're going to turn up the conversation and, and switch it over to Angie Hendershot. She's from Wisconsin. Don't hold that against her. She's a cheesehead, and I let her on the air anyway, which is, you know, it's a struggle for me as a Minnesotan, but Angie Hendershot, Hendershot welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. It's, it's really hard. I mean, I, people hear me is, joke about being yeah. a Minnesotan all the time, and, and every time somebody comes on that's a cheesehead, I always give them a hard time because it's just what I do. <laughs> you work for an amazingly large company here in Cincinnati, which will go unmentioned. And you, just by the hand of God, have ended up at Transformational Leadership today. But I want to step back just a little bit. Talk to me about how did you come to be a Christ follower? Uh, it's a great question, Jim. So I grew up in, um, I would say, a denomination that taught fear and certainly didn't preach the true word of God, meaning relationship with Christ. Okay. So through years of being quite a deep thinker and wanting to understand what truth was, um, 
I think God led me down a path that ultimately I was a pretty easy fish to catch when somebody just shared the truth with me. So my testimony comes from a place of fearing death. And when my grandfather passed away when I was 12 years old, I didn't know what to do with that. Hmm. And um, spent about a year contemplating what would possibly happen to somebody after they passed away. And as I decided to change my thoughts about 1314, um, you know, went along. I had a pretty, pretty uh, normal childhood. Loved sports. My so parents. So you were paying the butt. You're 13, 14. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> uh, played lots of sports. Uh, my parents are very blue collar workers. We just worked hard and um, went camping and we went to the cottage and we went fishing and we did a lot of things that um, most Wisconsinites would recognize. <laughs> we were in love with the Packers for sure. Um, in college, though, that fear came back about my sophomore year. Really, like, where'd you go to college? I went to University of Wisconsin Madison. Okay. And the reason I chose that school is because I really wanted to be in that band. Really wanted to be in that band. It just looked like a What'd lot of play? fun. I played the clarinet. Okay. And um, after playing three sports for four years in high school, I actually didn't make the band. And you'd be like, well, how can you not make a marching band? Well, it is one of the most athletic oh. bands in the nation. <laughs> and um, if you ever watch the way that they actually march, it takes quite a bit of stamina and um the year i tried out there were probably 38 clarinets trying out and they didn't take any <laughs> so, so i guess i couldn't wow. feel that bad they i took guess not two subs right so um i waited a year and i decided i really wanted to try out again and by this point i knew how to get in that band so um I was much more prepared, and the reason I bring this up is because one of our field assistants was a Campus Crusade for Christ uh, leader, and he um, hosted this life skills course. It was disguised as life skills. It was really a Bible study. But So my um, super, super senior year, I was actually the drum major of that band. And I thought the it, drum major. I was, I, I tried out and I have a bit of a competitive spirit in me. So I, uh, <laughs> I tried out and I used to have to give the announcements and I was giving the announcements about this life skills course. And, and I thought, well, for crying out loud, I'm, I'm in this place of still not knowing what I believe. And so I started showing up and slowly, but surely, um, I had a, a, a boss, a, a, an internship where my boss shared the good news with me and one day fast forward six months I was walking out of the computer lab about to graduate from college with an engineering degree and boom God got me I I realized I didn't know Jesus the way I thought I did in a personal sense I knew who he was or I knew I knew I heard of him um, but I didn't know him know right. him personally and so things really changed literally when I graduated from college and joined the workforce and, and starting full-time in Cincinnati spending three and a half years here um, being really trained and equipped to follow the Lord with everything I had in my being and then um, took a transfer back to my hometown um, so the company I work for has a plant there and feeling as though I should be loving people and practicing what I was learning. I certainly had the opportunity to do that in a plant environment. Sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, such a great opportunity there. So you really, the marketplace played a huge part in you coming to Christ. Absolutely. I mean, that, that boss, you ever gone back to that boss and thanked him or her for sharing their faith with you? That is such a great question. In fact, every November... Um, for many years, I would reach out to him and call him and, and I'd thank him for my birthday because he really did um, give me the, the, what I needed. He, he showed me the way to have a relationship with the Lord and I consider him my spiritual mother. That's fantastic. Yeah, That's really wonderful. fantastic. And yes, and he was um, an employee also. 
Wow. Okay, so let's fast forward then to you work for this large company in Mm -hmm. Cincinnati. Uh, you just today or just this week have heard about transformational mm-hmm. leadership, but talk, talk to you about how your faith has impacted. What, what's your role? You, you've been involved yeah. in what part of this large company? Right. So I have been a manufacturing manager. Um, okay. So large teams would report to me for their daily results, all of their personnel issues, employee relations issues, that type of thing. Plenty of discipline scenarios that were not definitely not fun. Um, after my first experience in the plant, though, I got promoted to become an HR manager, and I thought against my dead body, did I want to become an HR manager? Those things were hard. However, it was becoming easier to um, handle data, you know, and make it a little bit more about the person's, uh, what was right for the person. So um, I always have had a itch to do big things for the Lord, and I remember telling him, I would do anything for him. I would do anything. If he wants me to go live in some far off country and share the gospel, I will do it. So um, I started to look into quitting. Like I think a lot of Christians go through, especially if they've had conversion experiences later in their life. Like, what am I doing here? I mean, I'm just making money. And so the thought that you're having is this is, doesn't feel like kingdom work to me. Right. Um, So I took a leave of absence from my job. I went to live as a missionary and I put that in quotes because what I learned clearly is that <laughs> we're all missionaries and we're following the Lord and your mission field just might not look like what a stereotypical mission field looks like we, and I was we open up the show often saying yeah. your workplace it's your mission yeah. field and in that mission field you and me we may be the only Jesus our co-workers and employees may ever meet amen amen and so I'm um, I came back from my leave of absence and I was convinced, holy cow, my, my mission field is here. Right. It's here. These are the people that God loves these people. You know, it's uh, um, so not the did, healthy that need the doctor. It's how the did sick. That, right. How did that change how you so, treated those people? Well, yeah. So then um, I, I understood what the policy was and I started a Bible study and we met once a week and we had people we would pray for and we, um, just a small group of us started to be really intentional about how we showed up and were we representing Christ and were we bringing him glory in our day-to-day interactions with the people that we served and the people that we led and um, just being examples and, and the bar goes higher, I think. Yeah, so once a week we met and we were open to whoever wanted to join us. And um, what's interesting in hindsight is one person gave their life to Christ. She knew that something was missing and she wanted what she saw in our little Bible study group. Um, It's a very difficult environment, I would say, to minister in. So these are folks who they make a good wage, right? They don't necessarily see their need the same way. um, They don't have a lot of material needs. They don't have the material needs, but their spiritual needs are so, so obvious. And it's just, how do you, um, break through some of that pride. Well, it's the yeah. emptiness. The, yeah. I mean, all those things, you know, material stuff just leaves you empty eventually. It didn't fill their, their need, no. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay, so as being part of this large organization, mm-hmm. you have been able to live out your faith and mm-hmm. obviously doing a great job because you keep getting promoted. I do. So what is it about how you treat people? I mean, and I'm getting that. Yeah. Is that transformational mm-hmm. leadership really talks about value mm-hmm. in people? You've obviously been doing that to a certain level and extent mm-hmm. because you God keeps getting you promoted. Yet you work in a large organization, and as many large organizations are like that, certainly if they're publicly held, the focus is on the bottom line, not on mm-hmm. the people. Mm-hmm. 
How have you been able to balance that pressure? Well, that's a great question. You know, um, because you're getting pounded all the time. Yeah. People, people are always going, "Hey, but your 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 segment, your plant, you're responsible for this kind of output. This is the kind of money." They're never saying, "Hey, how is Jane feeling today? How is you know Bob doing today?" They're not. They're not concerned with how they're doing. They're concerned with how much they're producing. How have you been able to balance that? How do, how have the people that have worked for you known that you care more about them? Mm-hmm than about what they were doing? You know, that's a great question. I think there's an, um, been a number of situations that I've been in where you have a choice to make. You can, at the expense of somebody else, maybe their integrity or their character, gotten the results. But to me, there is just such a higher standard for those of us who are called to follow the Lord that that is not really winning in the end. I mean, think of Solomon who had everything he wanted. He had all the success he wanted. Right. Well, he also had, you know, how 600 wives and, yep, and 700 and, and wives 700, and 300 thank concubines. You, thank you. And and I don't think he was thinking, well, I wonder how my concubine number 24 feels about that. Well, God <laughs> in the end or his 2000th child. Yes, in the end, God <laughs> wants us to be good stewards of what he gave right. us, but he wants us in heaven with him. Right. He wants our hearts. So, am I going to work for the mighty dollar, which isn't going to go with me to heaven? Or am I going to really care about that person? And not only that, typically when you're caring about that person, you're helping them remove barriers to them getting the results that you're looking for anyway. So for me, it's never been a question of what's more important, the bottom line or the person, because in my heart of hearts, we have a God who wants us and wants us in relationship. And he, he could kind of care less how much money we make. Talking today with Angie Hendershot. She's just going through right now the transformational leadership training. In fact, I pulled her out for her to share some of her story. She works for a large corporation here in Cincinnati, and she's got a story I wanted you to hear. Angie, right before the break, I asked you the question, okay, you're an executive, and a lot of women executives struggle with this. <laughs> what, what are you shaking your head about? You're not an executive. You are an executive. <laughs> That's funny. You never thought of yourself as an executive or no. what? No, mm-mm. Okay, well, you are an executive. I know, I know, okay. I, I get it. All right, so you're an executive, <laughs> and a lot of women executives, actually a lot of women in the workplace, yeah. they struggle with mommy guilt. Mm-hmm. They struggle with the fact that their highest calling is being a mom, yet a lot of them have extraordinary skills in the marketplace, and they battle with this thing, and they and they struggle with this thing. It, it's funny, there's an author that wrote a book, her name is T.J. Tyson out of Minneapolis, wrote Killing Wonder Woman. <laughs> How do we deal with this Wonder Woman complex? I love work, but I got to stop trying to be Wonder Woman. How do you deal with it? How do you and your husband deal with it? You got four kids. How do you wrestle with this in your faith and being an executive? That's such a great question because so many women do wrestle with this and they're probably getting advice from lots of different people, including churches, their friends, their family on what's right. And at the end of the day, God knows you better than you know you. Mm -hmm. So you can fight the calling that's on your life. If you are meant to be in the workplace you're going to end up in the workplace. Right. It's just how long are you going to fight it? So for me, I have tried a number of times to be a stay-at-home mom, thinking that was the right thing to do for me and my family. Well, kid number one, okay, I'm going to try this. Rocked me off of my rocker. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't realize how challenging <laughs> raising oh, children are. Motherhood um, is a difficult job. It's And then child number two came along tried to do the same thing when I couldn't do it went back to work child number three came along went 
I couldn't do it, went back to work. Now the guilt is so great that now, how can you have four kids and not be a stay-at-home mom? Okay, well, I'm going to try it. I'm going to take as long as I can off on maternity leave. And I ended up in the hospital with mental illness. I had such severe postpartum depression and anxiety over trying to fit a mold that I did not fit in. Right. And so over the course of time, having completely lost my reputation at work, I reintegrated back into my company. And it took a number of years for me to finally feel whole again, where I knew I might struggle at times like everyone else with a child's performance or a work commitment and or, or having to travel is another one. So what my husband and I agreed to do is that I we clearly know I am not Wonder Woman, um, but he, in his industry, he had a whole lot less opportunities than I did. And so we, we decided that he was going to stay home for this season of our lives while I was pursuing what, and to be totally honest, I wouldn't even use the word pursue. I just felt like this is what God has sure. for us. And what's fascinating is when I finally submitted to really um, go with that instinct, um, success has come, peace has come. I am a better mother for sure. And I know people hear this cliche all the time. Oh, I'm such a better mother because I work. In my case, absolutely true. Because yeah, honestly, one of your kids just got the phone and said, oh, I'm glad mom's not home all day long. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. <laughs> no problem. But uh, the beautiful thing about transformational leadership, and I'll, get, I'll touch on this program now, is that it is relevant to your children, to your marriage, to your work life. It is really about um, becoming the person that God intended you to be by following biblical principles. They work. I mean, that's just the... So, so let's talk yeah. about this. You yeah. only found about found out about <laughs> transformational leadership a week ago, that's not even true. a week. You were searching for some sort of... Uh-huh. Well, you, tell us about your conversation yeah, with your pastor. Absolutely. So I am in a position of leadership development at my, at my job. And <clears throat> I'm sitting in church one day thinking... There's nothing new under the sun. This has been done before. So uh, I was asked to to help define leadership of the future. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Well, I wrote down the name of Jesus. And I wrote down how did he lead in his ministry. And it just really intrigued me. And so um, I felt prompted to have a conversation with my pastor about it. And I asked him if he knew anybody who does like a, a leadership development through the Christian worldview, that doesn't that doesn't feel like proselytizing or offensive or threatening. Right. Um, that could really that works because honestly, it really is going to be the only thing that works and is long lasting because the word of God doesn't change. It's truth. It's truth. So why do I keep trying to reinvent something that's already been designed well, for and me? Solomon so. said there's nothing new under the sun, nothing and he studied everything. So you went to your yeah. pastor. You, you give your your church mm-hmm. and your pastor a plug. All right, so I go to Montgomery Community Church here in uh, Ohio, and my pastor is Phil Postuba, and he is a friend of uh, Ford's, and he recommended Ford in a, within a second. He said, we've used his stuff. It works. I recommend you go talking to him, talk to him. So I looked him up on the internet. I made a call, and, and <laughs> Ford, my gosh, the guy impacts the entire world, and here he's got time for me, which instantly... I, I felt really, really blessed. And um, we met here at a Panera Bread for two and a half hours on Monday. And first question he asked me was, uh, tell me about yourself. <laughs> and he started using some of the tools that he's been teaching me you know, the, during the last two days. But sure. he said, you know, I do these programs around the world. And there just happens to be one in Cincinnati Thursday, Friday. If you can, you know, if you can come, I, I'd love for you to come. And, and I thought, oh, this can be tough. 
But, you know, if the Lord wants you to be there, he'll make a way. So I looked into what could I possibly clear off my schedule for Thursday, Friday, and, and whether I make someone angry or not, it's the right decision. So I've been thrilled. Um, what I'm learning has really been transformational, not not just about what I'm going to try different at work, but also what I'm going to try different at home. Well, what do you um, mean? So, <laughs> so you're saying you're learning so, stuff here that's going to impact home oh, and work? Yeah, absolutely. So he gave us homework last night to practice um, – the method of apologizing for when you have done something wrong and, and really hurt somebody. So I'm on the, I'm, I'm helping my daughter with her homework and, and I did, I, I got distracted and a little later, you know, those 10 year old stink eyes, they, they're pretty telling something's not right. And I asked my honey what was wrong. And she said, well, mom, you said you would help me with my homework and you got distracted and you didn't. And so I practiced the methodology and I asked for forgiveness and I was absolutely uh, humble towards my daughter. And, and today just in one day, I got a phone call from the principal um, <clears throat> that she had won a very special award for being hmm. for being a great kid. And uh, Isn't that, that amazing. It's just amazing that even these these uh, tools are timeless and um, they're backed by truth. And so, what did I, your husband say? What, did, what was the one thing when you got home last night and you shared it with your husband? What What did you tell him? What was the one thing you told him? I said, I found the answer. Hmm. And what's your husband's name? Don. My husband right. is Don. So, and yes. how did Don respond to that? He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's nervous because he knows when I go, I go hard, and um and so I. But I, I've written my personal mission, so I I I know that my family is my preference for how I spend my time. Um, but I think that if this were to continue, um, I absolutely want to get this message out to people. Well, and so. You've seen how it can impact your family. Mm-hmm. You work in a huge organization mm-hmm. that has hundreds of thousands of employees. How do you see, first of all, how do you think your company would benefit from the transformational leadership training? If you could get it, if you could get it into it, how do you think they would benefit? It would completely turn us around. I think that... Um, right, turn your right side up. It would turn us right side up. Hmm. It would focus us and... Um, it would hold us accountable to a higher level of standards, um, deeper, meaningful, more meaningful relationships. <sighs> Oof, we need it. So when you look at the size of your organization, there's mm-hmm. organizations your size yeah. all across the world. Is the issue of treating people more as a, a, as a commodity versus as a valued part, is that something pretty indicative of large organizations? Well, what, so what I'm trying to say is, you know, large organizations, what I have seen, this is my opinion, is that large organizations that are publicly traded tend mm-hmm. to be more motivated by the bottom mm-hmm. line than by treating their people well, making sure that they feel highly uh, valued. You know, it's almost a dichotomy. So you have both. So in large organizations, you I, I work for a very reputable company, and we do strive to treat each other with dignity and respect and, and inclusion, and, and we talk a really good talk. There's also so much pressure to conform, both to societal norms as well as if you're not returning this kind of a profit, you know, what are you doing? And so I think where we've really wrestled is balancing um, what Ford calls the lean outers and helping the lean outers make different choices because maybe they just aren't a fit. Um, with the fact that maybe they were your top performers. And so there's this pressure to say what's right for the company and what's right for the person on paper might look a certain way, but in reality, that person could be destroying, you know, three generations of leaders behind them because they're feeling they have to act that way too. And so 
um, I think we are at a crossroads right now in terms of holding people accountable to a higher level of behavior. Can you think of any organization that wouldn't benefit from going through transformational leadership? That would be I, a no. I can't, I, she's, I she's, she's shaking her head. I'm trying yeah, to think of something funny, but it didn't come to me. <laughs> Great. Good to know. Underwater swim team. Oh, maybe. Unfortunately, we're, <laughs> unfortunately, we are out of time. Angie Hendershot, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story right here in I Work For Him. Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Anytime. So I can bring you back and we, okay, can, hear, no. we can hear part two on this? <laughs> yes, yes, actually. Yes. I'd right. love to see yeah, how we'll this We'll see how this works, works, how this plays out. All right. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him. I am your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Mm.